Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. I was talking about Davos earlier because John Kerry's in the news today for good reason. Sadly, he's stepping down from his job as climate envoy, and he's going to dedicate himself to Joe Biden's reelection campaign. Um, This is at the same time as we are talking about Davos and Davos Man. There's a really good piece in the Wall Street Journal, The Humiliation of Davos Man. So we will talk about that in just a little bit. But I wanted to go back to the callers here because Lisa was voicing her opinion on the protesters. If you missed this, the anti-Israel protesters were outside of a cancer hospital in New York City screaming shame at the cancer patients, um, telling them that they are complicit in genocide. And then they moved on to, I believe, a McDonald's and a Starbucks. That's where their their anger strike hit next. Um, and Lisa was pointing out how this anti-Israel sentiment has, this is nothing new, and she's right. If you look back at Obama's policies, this has been brewing for a very long time. Uh, but I've never seen it, Lisa, this out in the open. And I'm not just talking about these protesters or these rioters. I'm talking about members of the squad. They are very openly anti-Israel, and some of them are very openly uh, pro-Hamas in the way that they'll spread propaganda from a terrorist group. Yeah, I know. It's it's very disturbing. But I can remember distinctly that um, what they did at that convention, and Republicans dined out on that for about a year. We kept saying they hate God, they hate Israel. So we got, we got some mileage out of that. But this is, yeah, like you said, it's been brewing for a long time. But Another catalyst has been the donations from Qatar. And they, I think, I think Trump has to keep, I think he has to focus on this. This is a really big issue. It's like under the radar, but they are doing some serious damage to our society. Yeah, Lisa, I think you're on the money. And for people who don't know, Qatar is very, very involved in uh, the swamp and the amount of money they give. And the crazy part, Lisa, was when we were talking about the billions of dollars that we were, you know, debating whether or not to give to Iran, which sounds insane that we were going to unfreeze that money, the... The, the comfort to most sane people or the way the Biden administration tried to um, comfort people's fears where they, they would say, well, no, it's it's actually Iran doesn't have access to it. It's in Qatar. And I'm sitting yeah. here, I'm sitting here going, well, yeah. And Qatar is also uh, hosting one of the leaders, I believe, of Hamas. Yeah. And yeah, other terrorist them. groups. Yeah. So yeah. They, yeah, uh, you're you're absolutely them. right. They they need yeah. they need to get to the bottom of where all of this money is coming from and who is funding so many of these these not only terrorists, you know, Iran proxies, but these protesters and what's going on in this country. Thank you, Lisa, for the call. I really appreciate it. And Lisa just made me think of something else because she was kind of going back here in history and talking about twenty uh, 2016. I wanted to talk a little bit about 2016 myself because 
One of the questions that Fox was asking people and and a lot of these networks was asking uh, people in Iowa last night was, do you think Joe Biden won the election in 2020 fairly? I don't know the way it was phrased, but like, did you think the election was on the level was the general question. And a really large percentage of people said no. And it's being used as kind of like a, oh, see, see. The insurrection's not that far away. It feels like a long time ago, but all of this insurrectiony vibes are still bubbling under the surface of MAGA country. That's the way it's being framed. Like they still refuse to admit that they lost to Joe Biden. They're still living in denial. And my my question back to those pollsters is, did you ask the Democrats? And I know the Democrats, they don't care about the caucus. They, uh... They didn't really have much going on. They, they're they just going to give it to Joe Biden. But and they had their people vote earlier. But I would love for some people to reframe this and ask Democrats, do you think 2016 was on the level? Like if you guys are going to keep asking us every time we go to vote, if we believe 2020 was fair, I would throw it right back. OK, did you think 2016 was fair? How come that's so different? Well, Trump still refused to concede. Hillary Clinton denied that she lost the election. She still does. She's walking around to this day talking about how she got screwed over. What's the difference? Well, the difference is she's a Democrat. The difference is they wanted her to win. It was her turn. It was her turn. We're with her. But people have been denying election results for a very long time. It didn't start with Donald Trump. It's not going to end with Donald Trump. But they keep throwing that out there like it's such a big deal. Giggs, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Giggs. Yes, hi, Grace. Yeah, Grace, I just wanted to make a comment about these protesters. They seem to always pop out of the jack in the box on uh, these different issues. Like, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I pray for peace for both sides over, you know, in Israel and, um, you know, the Gaza. But, um, I mean, from, like, when they had the BLM protests and the climate control, like you say, that every time they turn, you turn around, they're turning the signs around. Yeah, it, and, it writing, and like- writing something new on the signs. And, Giggs, this isn't... This isn't anything new. I, I, I mean, I remember when my, when I was younger and there would be protesters or there would be people causing a ruckus. And my grandmother used to say, what is going on here? Go home and, you know, make your bed, clean your house, do something productive. Like, this is nothing new. There's always malcontents who are, you know, trying to be part of something. And I'm not against peaceful protesting, but that's not what this is. Screaming at cancer patients and causing traffic blockades is not doing anyone any good you're not advancing any sort of cause you know releasing mice into a mcdonald's Ooh, and you know what after they released the mice into the mcdonald's guess what there was peace in the middle east just like that all it took was a couple rats running around to solve the middle east crisis no it's 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 ridiculous and everybody knows it um and i think the point is The point is just to confuse people and to cause kind of chaos. And that's what they're doing. 844-500-4242. You know what I really want to talk about? I really, really want to talk about Fannie Willis because it's been a while and I have updates for people. But for people who are on the line and for people who want to call in, we're going to talk about Trump's VP picks. We're going to talk about New Hampshire. We still have so much to get to in the next couple hours. But it's been a while and I have updates for you on Fannie Willis, including, Jared, I believe... She's made a statement. 
she's she's finally uh, come forward and you're not going to believe what she's blaming this on. This is going to come as a shock to people. But let's give everyone a little bit of a recap on Fanny. So for those of you who have not been following, Fulton County, the, the Fulton County case is one of many cases that Donald Trump is currently fighting. This was the find the fraud case, even though he never said find the fraud, but don't tell that to the Washington Post. But Fulton County DA Fanny Willis She's in a lot of trouble because she hired her boyfriend slash lava to be a special prosecutor in her case against Trump. Now, I would think because this is such a high profile, historic, unprecedented case, and there's so much riding on this, Jared. You know, anytime you're 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 part of the get Trump crowd, it's not just Trump. It's it's not just you prosecuting Trump. You know, you're acting on behalf of half of this country. You're acting on behalf of deranged Karens everywhere. You know, it's not you. You don't you don't do this just for one person. You don't do this just for yourself. You're representing all of the pink hatted nuts at Starbucks. There is a lot of pressure with that. So to risk it so you can hire your boyfriend to me. Seems like a selfish move. Unless you want to get the money. Yeah, yeah, and a lot there was a lot of money to be had here. So, Fanny Willis hires her boyfriend to be a special prosecutor, his name Nathan Wade. Nathan Wade is his name. Expensive hourly rates are his game. Uh, one of the co-defendants really threw a wrench in all of this. And thank God for this guy who was like, "Hold on, this whole thing should be tossed. She's sleeping allegedly." With the prosecutor. So he points out how unethical this entire thing is from top to bottom with the Wade and Willis relationship. So this guy, Wade, who is a lawyer, and I guess he's a divorce attorney, which is amazing when you hear about his ongoing divorce battles and how much he's bungling that. You'd think, like, if that's your if that's your area of expertise, you'd think you'd handle your own divorce pretty well. You'd be mistaken. But he paid six. He's been paid almost six hundred fifty four thousand dollars in legal fees. And in turn, you know, if your girlfriend pays you that much, she was paying him way more than the other prosecutors. You're obviously going to use that money. You're not going to turn around and like invest it or save it. You're going to use that money. You're going to shower your girlfriend with gifts as a thank you for that ridiculous payout. So he allegedly then took his coworker slash honey on lavish vacations, both and they they were a cruise couple. They like cruises, Norwegian cruises and Royal Caribbean cruises. I googled it to find out which one's better. Turns out they're both very nice. Some people say if you like more activity to go with the Royal Caribbean, you know, maybe the the Norwegian cruises are a little bit quieter, but you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't reject an offer to go on either. They're both top of the line cruises here. So there's a few parts of this story I really like, including the amount of money this guy was getting paid. And now and what I would love to see are the other people involved in this case finding that her boyfriend was getting paid double. That that's got to be a funny reaction when you're like not only were you sleeping with this woman, but you were getting paid twice as much as the rest of us? Huh? And he, at one point, he billed, you know, Fulton County or, you know, whoever gets the final bill for 24 hours. He said he was working 24 hours. That's Joe Biden style. 
working round the clock. And then, of course, as I mentioned, he's going through his own uh, divorce. So you have the element of a woman scorned. Nothing worse than that. And that's throwing yet another wrench into this whole issue. So and I know I get it. I know all politicians have skeletons in their closet when it comes to the swamp. But the politicians in Fulton County, they didn't even bother sticking the skeletons in the closet. They just kind of left them out right by the entrance, you know, right by the coat rack. The skeleton exhibit. Yeah. There was in the hallway. There was no shame here. Like there was no cover up involved. So we're gonna talk about that and I'm gonna play some of the sound from Fanny Willis. Um she was do we have sound of it, Jared, or no? Oh yeah, we do. Okay, awesome. We have sound of Fanny Willis um blaming I'm not gonna tell you what she blames for this. What why why she thinks she's being attacked by Republicans, but I'm sure you could guess. We'll be right back with more. Um, after the break, get on the lines now. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Dr. Houghton of Perfect Smiles is a superb architect. When it comes to dentistry, he's the best in the business. And you know what? We are in 2024. And I know a lot of people, they put things off. They put off taking care of themselves. And you always say, I'll get to that next year. I'll get to that in the new year. Well, we're here. And so now's your time to take care of yourself. If you are someone who's nervous about getting your smile worked on, I'm here to tell you that there is nobody better than Dr. Howden and his entire team. They take this so seriously. They are extremely kind people. And my favorite part is they're going to walk you through the process. So I go there for my teeth cleanings. And what I love is that everything's state of the art and everything they're doing, they're going to walk me through it and say, this is what we're doing next. This is what this is for. This is what this is for. So if you have a, you know, a big endeavor when it comes to your smile that you're trying to do, like if you're trying to transform your entire smile, you want a group of people that are going to walk you through it at your own pace and you want it to be personalized. That's what they do at Perfect Smiles. So call Perfect Smiles in Nashville, New Hampshire. They're located off of Route 3. They have plenty of parking and you can reach them at perfectsmiles.com. That's perfectsmiles.com. Change your smile, change your life. When we come back, I'm going to read you a little bit here about Fanny Willis and the Georgia prosecutor who's under scrutiny in the Trump case. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. We're talking about Georgia DA Fannie Willis. She's in a lot of trouble. And uh, I think the left is probably mad at her, too. Wouldn't you think, Jared? There, there was a lot riding on this. It's the Julie Swetnick principle. You remember, like, the third or fourth Kavanaugh accuser? Yeah. Where they were like, okay, come on. like this, You're, you're now destroying the credibility of all the You're other, ruining it for all of you're us. You're ruining it for everybody. Fannie, you're ruining it for everybody. Yeah. This, this case was already so flimsy to begin with. <laughs> we could not afford an error. and We didn't need your soap opera love triangle weirdness to make this even harder for us to pass through. Yeah, no, I think, Jared, you're onto something. And, and Red State has, Fannie Willis finally makes some comments on improper relationship allegations, says racially motivated. This is from Nicarema, and I actually have the sound here that she's referring to. Let's have cut eight, please. You cannot expect black women 
to be perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. With that kind of support, we will move mountains and do Jesus' will. Stumbling all the way. Wait, I, I have a question here. Is hiring your boyfriend or lover or whatever you want to call Nathan Wade in this case, hiring him and paying him more than the other experts, which maybe he was just more of an expert. I mean, I saw his website. It does seem like, you know, we're dealing with a real one of a kind lawyer here, but is paying him more in breaking all of these ethical guidelines that one might have? Is that me expecting her to be perfect? I don't think perfection was what anyone was striving for here. Is this the new thing now? This reminds me of when people get in trouble. Like we saw that woman who was running for uh, that Virginia house seat and she was on Chatterbait filming herself naked with her husband. And then it's like, oh, well, you're attacking me. I'm not asking anybody to be perfect. But me saying you shouldn't be doing X, Y or Z. I'm just pointing out what I thought was the obvious. Now telling someone you shouldn't hire your boyfriend and pay him $654,000 and go on trips with him with that money, all, all in an effort to get the former president of the United States for your political motivations, that is me expecting you to be perfect? I, didn't, I did not realize that. I love how she says, I need grace. Count me in. I mean, you I, need a lot. I, really. I, I, I think Republicans feel the same way. You know who needed grace, Fanny? George Santos. And he didn't get a lot of grace. I'll tell you that right now. Mike, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Mike. Hi, Grace. Hey, just a one little curious thing. Every time there's a bad news cycle, Joe Biden goes on vacation for four days. Now when they indicted Trump, her boyfriend was standing next to him during that 10 hours that they had to indict him that day. Isn't it kind of strange that he's got all that money from after they indicted him? Yeah, so let me read you a, a little bit here, Mike. And, and you know what's funny? I said to Howie, like, can you send me the Politico article? I'm trying to figure out all this stuff. The actual, <laughs> the easiest way to understand it is just to read Howie's column because he goes for all the things I care about, which is, you know, where the money was spent and, and how this whole thing began. So this is how Howie breaks it down. Her boyfriend is Nathan Wade a local ambulance chaser in a tiny two-man firm. If you go to the Gigolo's website, a client named Sherry gives the partners a glowing recommendation. I didn't have to be concerned because he assured me he had it in the bag. That was Sherry's review. Despite his ability to get everything in the bag, I wonder about Wade's acumen as a lawyer, as an attorney. For one thing, the most important task for any attorney is to make sure no client can ever call him out for padding his invoices, billable hours as they're called. Wade was hired by his gal pal on November 1st, 2021. The next day, he filed for divorce from his wife. On November 5th, the new anti-corruption special prosecutor said he worked 24 hours at $250 an hour for a total of $6,000. He worked 24 hours in one day. Is that even possible or is that fraud? Maybe Atlanta needs a new anti-corruption special prosecutor to investigate the current anti-corruption special prosecutor. 
Wade's billable hours also included eight hours in Athens, Georgia on May 23rd for a conference with White House counsel, and then in November 2022 for interview with D.C. slash White House. How he's just expecting Fannie Willis to be perfect. We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. uh, I'm telling you right now, Jared, I have a feeling I'm about to be blamed for this. The downfall of Fannie Willis is going to be my fault. I need to start writing a list. I have all these different lists on my phone. I have like packing lists. You know, so when you're going somewhere, you just have bullet points of all the things that you need. And as you keep traveling more, you know, okay, well, I always forget my sunglasses. Write that on the list. I need to start a new list of the things that I'm responsible for that I didn't realize were my fault. Like I didn't understand that in 1997, when I was five years old, that I was somehow forcing Claudine Gay to plagiarize her dissertation. Five-year-old Grace Curley has a lot to answer for. And now I find out that Fannie Willis and her relationship with attorney Nathan Wade, in which he made $654,000, is also my problem. And I just, I have so many sorries and apologies to give out and I just don't have enough time. Someone else who I'm sure feels like she's owed some apologies is the woman, the soon-to-be ex-wife of Nathan Wade, uh, the the woman who's filing for divorce against him. And I just want to read you a couple more lines here from Howie's story, which you can get at gracecurlyshow.com. But I'm just going to skip around because I... I I think the divorce part of this is going to become a real problem for Fannie Willis because now she's roped into it. And how he says, according to his website, in addition to slip and falls, Nathan Wade handles divorce cases. Yet somehow he forgot to get the complaint containing his wife's allegations sealed as soon as they were filed. Doesn't every divorce lawyer in America learn that job one is to ask the judge to seal all the records? Just on general principles. But Nathan Wade was either too lazy or too stupid to have his own counsel ask the judge to impound his ex's allegations about his ooh-la-la relationship with the DA. By the time Wade realized what sort of X-rated stuff was in the file, the Trump lawyer had copies of everything. She put them right into her motion to dismiss the charges. Don't you hate it when that happens? I'll bet there's trouble in paradise this weekend between the two lovebirds. Fanny must be screaming, you better settle with that woman so I don't have to testify. You know, I I had been wondering that last week and I feared, I feared that, to be honest. Whenever a couple is going through this kind of public scrutiny, this kind of scandal, I always stop and think, are they made of the right stuff? Do they have what it takes? Can they survive this? And as much as I am sure that all of those trips on the Norwegian cruise lines and the Royal Caribbean cruise lines, I'm sure that those trips were bonding experiences. And I'm sure that their mutual hatred of Donald Trump 
and their mutual love of saving democracy and obviously the law, I'm sure that's bonded them in a way that I'll never understand. But I do worry that they're not going to hold up to this, Jared, that this is going to cause this beautiful relationship to crumble. True loves can weather all storms. Yeah, that's that's what they say. And this seems like that. I love how she says I'm not it's it's about her being perfect. No one's expecting you to be perfect. I wish I had I I wish I had that excuse. Like all these excuses that I'm learning now as I get older from Democrats, I wish I had them when I was younger. You know? And I guess that was that is kind of an excuse you'd give as a kid, you know? It's like it could be worse. There's a there's a great line from this HBO show Girls where her parents are saying to her, like, listen, we can't fund your lifestyle anymore. You got to get a real job. You can't just keep doing these unpaid internships. We are not going to give you any money anymore. And she looks at them at dinner and she says, you know, I could be in a motorcycle gang. You should be so happy. And the, and the mom is like, why is that our option here? Like, you're either in a motorcycle, motorcycle gang or we have to fund your lifestyle. But that's that's what Fannie Willis reminds me of. I'm not perfect. I don't think anyone was asking you to be perfect. I don't need you to be perfect. Just don't be an insane, greedy, depraved freak. Yeah. And don't try to... That's not that much to ask. Don't try to use the justice system to take down a former president because you don't want people to get to vote for him. Is that... Is that the same as asking you to be perfect? I I don't know. Today's poll question is brought to you by Colette Torres and the November 16th listener Getaway to Iceland with Caroline Levitt. For more information, go to gracecurleyshow.com and click on the listener getaway banner. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com, is does Trump's VP pick change anything? Yes, he might win some people over if he picks the right person. Or no, it makes no difference whatsoever. No, I I had this debate with a friend of mine over the weekend um, because I think that when you see Vivek Ramaswamy, for example, drop out and then throw his support behind Donald Trump, there's always a question of how are these people positioning themselves now? Like, it's obvious no one here except for Trump is going to be the nominee. So their next move is important because a lot of people, and I don't blame them for this, they're angling for a job. I know I saw uh, Doug Burgum was talking to Trump. A lot of people want a job in the future administration, fingers crossed, if that happens. Um, I don't think he's going to pick anybody who was on this, not that he was even on the stage with them, but who was running for president. And I don't think it matters. There, there has been times where I thought, well, he should pick somebody who balances him out a little bit, somebody a little bit more serious. I, I definitely don't think he wants to pick anyone who's going to outshine him. That just, I, I don't think most presidents would want someone to outshine them, but especially Donald J. Trump. I don't think he wants someone to outshine him at a dinner table, let alone in the White House. But I really don't think it matters. And I'm curious if people agree or disagree, because here's my reasoning. If you don't like Donald Trump, it doesn't he's not going to pick somebody who you like and you're going to go, oh, well, you know, I can't stand him, but his VP seems like a pretty good guy. So maybe I'll that that just he's so polarizing in some in some ways that I don't think that the right hand man or woman is going to change that. Do you what do you think, Jared? I, I agree with you. I think it it doesn't matter. You're either you're either all in on this or you're not. And very few people are going to be swayed into this, even if they, you know, even if he, he picks a vice president, like, I don't, let, let's say he, he did pick 
he did pick Nikki Haley, just pulling a name. You know, I, I don't think that the Nikki Haley supporters, like you said, would be, oh, yeah, well, okay, yeah, at least we get Nikki in there. Yeah. Bump. You know, I, I just, I don't think that's what it is. Anyone who's rooting for a Nikki Haley, what you want is so antithetical to everything that Trump is that I don't think it makes up for it. I don't think you go, like Jared said, oh, well, we can't get Nikki Haley, but at least she's VP. No, if you are rooting for Nikki Haley right now, a huge part of why you're rooting for her, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, and if I am, call in, but I think a huge part of why you're rooting for Nikki Haley is because you hate Donald Trump. Even if that's not what you what you say, that that's definitely to some degree where that support for Nikki Haley comes from. And so Trump picking Nikki Haley, if you look at it from 30,000 feet out, you might go, well, then he brings in all her supporters. No, I don't think he does. I think he loses. I think he ticks off his supporters if he picks Nikki Haley. I don't think his supporters would leave him, but I think they get annoyed that he picked a rhino. And I think her supporters just sit it out either way. So, yeah, I don't think it makes a difference. 48% say they don't think it makes a difference. 52% say, yes, he might win some people over with the right pick. Who would that right pick be, though? Like, who would? I don't know. You know, 35 people voted for Chris Christie last night at the caucus. 35. 35. Very good. People braved the weather to go vote for Chris Christie. I do think there's a benefit to him having someone who's not as much of a force to be reckoned with, like someone a little bit quieter. I'm thinking almost like a Dr. Ben Carson. You might even say someone a little boring. I do think that that would benefit Trump in just... This sense that it it gives a little sense of like calmness, if that makes well, sense. Well, I mean, even think back. I mean, was anybody excited for Dan Quayle? Was anybody excited for Al Gore or Joe Biden or Dick Cheney? It was like, oh, Dick Cheney, yay! I mean, was anybody excited for Mike Pence? Like, no, I hadn't even heard. Anybody of Mike excited Pence. for Kamala? Like, it it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought up Al Gore though, because that brings me to another topic of conversation. John Kerry. John Kerry is. This hit me like a ton of bricks, Jared. I didn't see this one coming. You know, I was ready for some people. I knew the Bill Belichick was happening on Friday. I was mentally prepared for that, for that departure. Enough already. Enough. But John Kerry, our climate envoy, who's going to sit with James Taylor and strum the guitar and save the polar bears? He all of a sudden just bows out of this job with very little notice to me. It's so dire that we end fossil fuels and save the planet. But after I take like maybe a six month break to go help Joe Biden win. This is a sabbatical. <laughs> right. Well, I've I've given the I've given the planet a six month extension. Yeah, so let's so I can go campaign. This is John Kerry at um at Davos, the World Economic Forum, and uh, this is what he had to say about retiring. Cut nine. Uh, I am not retiring, folks. Uh, I want to make that clear. I am shifting my efforts to where I think uh, they could be best used in an election year in the United States. Uh, and uh, facing the fact that the Congress is not going to obviously grab this by the baton the way you all are. Oh, God. He's going to bring his talents elsewhere. Oof, I shudder to think about what that means. He's going to bring some youth to the Biden campaign. I was just going to say, just what the Biden re-election campaign needs, another 80-year-old man wandering around telling everyone about his glory days. How old is John Kerry? Is he 80 or 81? He is 80. 
I guess compared to Joe, he seems spry, but that's not really saying much. So I wanted to read this, Jared. The reason I bring this up is because, as I mentioned, Davos, the World Economic Forum, is happening. And it seems like every other day they have one of these summits, these climate change summits, where they all take their private planes and, you know, all the pollution to get to these beautiful spots where they can eat fancy beef and talk about how they're going to eventually move us all over to crickets for breakfast. But this piece in the Wall Street Journal looks at things a little bit differently. I just want to read you a couple sentences here. The humiliation of Davos, man. This is the sentence that stuck out to me. On both the far left and the far right, conspiracy theorists, Jared, see the WEF and its allies as an all-powerful network successfully imposing a nefarious agenda on the rest of the world. This reading gets Davos exactly wrong. The real scandal of Davos isn't that it's taking over the world. It's that it's failing. The Davos agenda is controversial in some quarters and on some points, but is neither secret nor particularly nefarious. But far from imposing this agenda on a captive world, the Davos elites are wringing their hands as the dream slowly dies. As one of those conspiracy theorists, Jared, you're always talking about Davos, man. You're always talking about the World Economic Forum. Do you buy this that, you know, there's nothing to worry about here? They're just a bunch of climate change goobers getting together and sitting around? I don't buy that there's nothing to worry about. I mean, they are kind of a bunch of goobers and with everybody kind of realizing who they are now and waking up to things and realizing that, you know, whatever conspiracy you want to believe in, these people are buying their way into governments and those governments are trying to control every aspect of people's lives from what they drive to what they can buy, what they can eat, where they can live, how they can live. I th- I mean, I think that it is failing. I agree with the author there. It's failing because more people are realizing what they're trying to do. But no, they are an insane group of people who are psychopaths. And I truly believe they want to control everything that you do. They want to live in their high castle towers eating steaks while you are eating crickets and like a sewer pipe that they refitted to be uh, a square coffin house for you while they tax you into oblivion. I truly believe that. Ah, the American dream. Eat your dream. cricket paste and your victory gin. <laughs> Wear the one piece of piece of clothing you own. Take your government. What did you call it? A coffin house. Coffin house. Yeah, that that's actually if you they actually exist. That's what they're called in China. In I think it's in Beijing. There's like a neighborhood where basically they've divided apartments into kennels and people sleep in cages as coffin homes. This is a real thing. It's not a conspiracy. Um, yeah. So like an apartment, like a, the room you're in now, there would be eight basically dog cages that people live in and sleep in and have all their possessions in and then they have to get taxed into oblivion to live there okay well hold that thought because (laughs) it's a thing we are going to come back to this because i i had said to emma i go oh my my mom had mentioned there was a good piece in the wall street journal about davos can you print it out for me so emma that was all the detail i gave her so she printed out two stories on davos the other one the title is crash parties escape dull chit chat and make powerful friends what davos elites know so we're going to talk about that too and this is good prep for us jared for next year if you ever manage to swing an invitation for god's sakes the only thing i'm asking you 
Uh, you've been waiting for it, and now it's here. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier BOGO offer is on. People love the BOGO. You buy one, and you get one free. You can't beat this. The Thunderstorm is a lifesaver. If you have a kitchen mishap, which happens in my house occasionally, I should point out here that it's usually when I'm cooking. If I try to cook something and sometimes it goes wrong, things burn, things start to smell bad, I just turn on the thunderstorm and poof, it is gone. This also works with tobacco odors, any unpleasant scents that you might not notice, but you know what, Jared, I was gone for a few days, and sometimes you don't notice the air is a little stale or it just needs a refresh until you come back after a while. You go a little nose blind. That's where the thunderstorm is so great because it's easy to use, doesn't take up any floor space, and it really works. Everyone always asks me that. Oh, you actually use it. Does it really work? Yes, it does. And it works very quickly. So if you want to get your hands on the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, now is the perfect time with the BOGO offer that ends on Sunday. So how do you get it? Well, you want to go to EdenPureDeals.com. You want to get the BOGO offer and the code you're going to use is GRACEBOGO. Again, that's EdenPureDeals.com. Code Grace Bogo, EdenPureDeals.com, code Grace Bogo to get this awesome deal. You have until Sunday, so get on this now. When we come back, Chip Cutter from the Wall Street Journal is giving us a master class on how to handle Davos. We'll talk about that on the other side. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is The Grace Curley Show. We've been talking about who Trump will pick for vice president and whether or not it matters. And I'm of the mind that it doesn't matter as far as people voting for Trump. I think Trump is the ticket. And if you like Trump, you're going to vote for him. If you don't like Trump, you're not going to vote for him. But I don't think that the person he chooses as his right-hand man or woman is going to make much of a difference. The ironic part, though, is that as much as I don't think it's going to make a difference for Trump, I think it makes a huge difference in the race that Joe Biden's running. (laughs) And there's such a richness. There's such like a... There's such humor in the fact that Joe Biden chose Kamala Harris because he promised he would pick a black woman. And now Kamala Harris has become such a thorn in his side and not just his side. She's become a thorn in the entire Democrat Party because what are they going to do? We talked about last week, Jared. Oh, maybe Michelle Obama will run because she gave this interview with uh, Jay Shetty, the podcast guy, talking about how it keeps her up at night worrying about the government, how government does everything for us. And I, I actually brought this up. I said, oh, maybe she would run for president. I don't know. Maybe she could, you know, step in. How does that happen? How can they say to Kamala Harris, we know you're the VP, you're the heir apparent, but actually we're going to sidestep you and bring in Michelle Obama and she's going to be president. There, there's a lot of obstacles here because the, the Democrat Party thought it was so important to choose Kamala Harris and she's going to be their undoing, which I find very amusing. Um, we have sound of her. We'll get to that in a little bit. I also just wanted to let people know that uh, we talked a little bit in the past about how uh, Walmart and Target are locking up shampoos and toothpaste. And now they're locking up my toothpaste. Yeah. 
Now, just FYI, they're locking up socks and underwear. This is Joe Biden's America. We'll be right back. we got a lot more to talk about. Hunter Biden in the news next. Next.